You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. It occurred to me I've never actually spent more than 24 hours in Houston, and now all of a sudden we got a national championship game, and no better way and no better reason to be here. Late kick on the road. We are closing in on the national championship game. One that obviously has been well documented now that I didn't see coming, Washington versus Michigan. That's okay. But I'm going to talk a lot about my interactions with fans and players at this thing, and also let's just address the elephant in the room. No, no, I was never right about these teams, but I can still enjoy this thing. I have got to talk to you about several things, okay? So I know that I'm here for the national championship game, but I know many of you aren't Michigan or Washington fans, and we've already done the game breakdown. So what I wanted to do was dive into sort of the mailbag in a way in that I'm going to address the four or five things you've been talking about the most. And I've been gathering some scuttlebutt here. When all the media descends into one area, a lot of times you can pick up some things, a lot of college football officials here in Houston. So I'm going to talk about parity in the game and talk about the playoffs future, college football's future. Um, does anyone really care about ratings for this game? Like some people bring that up. And also the transfer portal, like, I'm, I'm, I've got some anger about that. Not from me, but I've picked up on some anger about that. And I just want to remind you guys of a few things as, as to why we got to where we are. Why, in my opinion, and this has changed over the past month or so, things may be changing for the better in the very near future. So they're watching us in Houston, Texas. They're watching us in Columbus, Georgia, Columbia, South Carolina, Norfolk, Virginia. Thank you guys so much for tuning in. Make sure you're following on Instagram and Twitter at Late Kick Josh. Always get a ton of good behind the scenes content from these national championship games. And really anytime we're on the road, man, the Once Upon a Saturday tour has been dynamite. Coach Quinn, Gelby, they've been there every step of the way. They're standing three or four feet away from me right now dancing as we speak. So appreciate you guys for making it possible as well. Okay, let's dive into this. So Washington, Michigan for a national championship game, not something that I necessarily predicted at any point in this season right up until it was time to talk about the game itself. But also we've had a lot of fun on the show about how I've been 0-7 predicting these teams in big games this year. It's not something I'm proud of, but it's something I've had to embrace. The The scars have the past, or have the power to remind us that the past is real, as Hannibal Lecter once famously said. And so, here's the thing about that. I have, have been flooded in my inbox with how torturous you think this must be for me. And no, I don't want to be wrong about stuff, but at the end of the day, I... I love what's best for college football, and if I have to be wrong in the process to get it, so be it. This is really good for college football. As much as I love talking about big brands, and I don't shy away from that, and you guys call me a homer sometimes for that, but I've got my preferences just like you do. 
as much as I love those big brands because they mean a lot of eyeballs on our content, guys, I love Washington being here. I, Michigan is not a small brand, but I love Michigan being here. At, at, at a point, I don't really care anymore. I would much rather have what's best for the game than what's best for business. Now, I want you to listen to what I just said for a second. What's best for business and what's best for the game? Do those always coincide? My opinion is long-term yes, short-term no. So, for example... This game on Monday night may not have a gigantic, huge TV number like an Alabama-Texas would have because Washington doesn't command as many eyeballs. I don't care is my point there. I almost hesitate to even bring it up because I don't care. Long term, it's great. Like, for instance, let me just ask you a question. What happens if we establish Washington in the modern era as a legit powerhouse in college football? Or... Even if Washington may fade back into being an 8-4, and 9-3 and three caliber team, which is really good, by the way, in the Big Ten, even if they weren't to maintain this, what happens if 10 other coaches or 10 other groups of players and 10 other groups of administrators at 10 other programs out there all of a sudden are inspired with the belief that, hey, we can do it here. We don't have to go there. We can do it here because up until last year, up until this year, you didn't think a national championship trip was possible for Washington and all of a sudden it is, uh, that's what's good for the game. Okay, not, not a TV rating, not how many eyeballs are on you in the here and now. And that's, that's a, not a fight, but that's a discussion that I've had internally with our folks, not on the managed real side, but more on my staff side of, no guys, we're probably not going to get the most eyeballs in the world on this particular matchup. It doesn't matter. And with the TV numbers, I really don't care because I, I don't... I don't see my paycheck impacted by that, nor do you, by the way. I've always had one of, my, one of my most steadfast takes be on this show that it's insane that fans ever care about TV ratings or ever share that stuff on social. It doesn't impact you. Like what you like and do away with the rest of the noise. If you enjoy it, it doesn't matter if five other people or five million other people enjoy it. So whether I was wrong about Washington and Michigan all year, which, spoiler alert, I was, they're here now. Uh, it's been a great group of folks to be around. I'll tell you this. I will tell you that I was around, I've been around Michigan fans all year. I've been to, what, four of their games. This will be the fifth Michigan game I've seen in person, I think, this year. I have also been around Washington. This will be my third game with them. I've interacted with thousands of their fans at this point. I think I've had one or two bad interactions. And really, even those interactions weren't bad. It was just fans being a little bit aggravated that I kept picking against them and mistaking that as like hate for the team or whatever. But 99% of it has been really good. You guys could have given it to me a lot worse and you didn't. So I will say hat tip to both fan bases and it's going to be a memorable time for them here. All right. I also wanted to address something else. The Cinderella in college basketball is a mainstay. March Madness, everyone tunes in. Are we going to get a 15 or a 13 or a 12 that makes a miracle run to the Final Four? But in college football, we haven't really had that. And all of a sudden, we've got Washington here. Or we had TCU last year. And to be clear, I'm not talking about making a run to the title game. I mean winning a title. Can it happen? Well, TCU came up short last year. We'll see what Washington does. And I'd side note this. Do you think Washington qualifies as a Cinderella I would because they haven't been a staple at the head table of college football. But the, the idea of a college football Cinderella, I've had big disagreements with a lot of my own friends on this topic. My buddies, believe it or not, are probably expansionists to a 70 percentile. 30% of my social circle is with me. 70% love the expanded playoff. And I have spoken to many of them. 
and I am speaking about them because I think they reflect what a lot of you feel and what a lot of you have told me you feel is you like expanding the playoff because yes, even if it will water down some parts of the regular season, you think that trade-off is worth it because you can get more inclusion, you can get more people at the table, more people get an opportunity, you get more football on the back end, and you think it presents the opportunity for someone to make a run that otherwise would not have made a run. So a lot of that's true. You do get more football on the back end. I don't think the trade-off's worth it. I've made my point and stance perfectly clear on this. I don't think it's worth it. But you are right. You did get more inventory on the back end. There are more playoff games. Uh, it is true that more teams will be alive for a postseason berth, which I spelled B-I-R-T-H until about five years ago, by the way. I was painfully late in life learning that there were multiple spellings of the word berth. I think I just did some of you a favor, and you avoided embarrassment, and for that, you're welcome. But I, I'm looking at this differently, and I hope I'm wrong about it. Um, this is another area I wouldn't mind being wrong in. I think we are lessening the chance that we're ever going to have a Cinderella run to a championship. You're going to, by the, by the very nature of expanding the playoff, and by the very nature of auto bids for now being baked into the entire playoff cake, Sure, you're going to get two lanes and whatnots. You're, you're going to get a, a, an old Miss. Like You're going to get teams like that in the playoff. You can't help but to have that. That's not, that's not a big feat. If you just keep expanding the thing, everyone makes the playoff. Like That's not impressive. What would be impressive is Ole Miss getting in the playoff and winning three games or four games or whatever it'll take, depending on how big the thing ends up becoming, and winning a title. But to me, this is the opportunity. Having a four-team field was always the highest percentage chance that you were going to get a Cinderella to make a run to the national championship. So think about what happened this year. Washington played the game as it's currently allowed to be played. They went and got a transfer portal quarterback. They recruited and developed very well. Like these dudes are all in their 20s, and some of them getting close to 25 years old. They've been developed. They've played together. Uh, they've been phenomenally coached. They rarely give games away. They've now famously won 10 games in a row by 10 points or less. And they won the Pac-12 championship game, so they had to win a couple of games as underdogs against Oregon. Turns out they were the better team, so they got it done. Then what do they have to do? They have to go win one game at, at the Superdome against Texas and out-execute them like they did and out-physical them like they did, and boom, they're in the national championship game. And they're a four-and-a-half-point dog in this game. And those two things, if you do it, you win a championship. Whereas in the future, you got to do one or two more things, and you got to play a tougher schedule because your Cinderella in the future is presumably in a tougher conference, and therefore you've got a tougher slate. And even if you are good, guys, even if you've got the same developmental structure, even if your program is sound, your coaches are good, what about injury? You just open yourself up to the risk of more injury. You have more collisions, like you have more plays you have to play. And so here's the retort I get to that. I know what some of you are saying right now. Uh, I'll do my best to articulate it for you. You're listening to me and you're saying, yeah, 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 maybe that's true. But Josh, what you're underestimating is what it will mean just for more of those Cinderella teams to make the playoff. And to that, I think you're right now, but I think that'll be flawed logic in the future. So right now, the concept of, just pick a team, I don't know, uh, South Carolina, the concept of them making the playoff now is huge. Because you've come to define the playoff with the scarcity in spots that it should be defined with. The playoffs had four spots. Back in the BCS days, it had two spots. So making the title game, or in the modern age, making the playoff, it's huge because it's really hard to do. 
And therefore, even if you just made the playoff, Michigan State once upon a time made the playoff, you have to really big deal. I ask you this. I've asked it before. I'll ask it again. When in history, economics, college football, whatever, have you ever been able to decrease the scarcity of something but maintain the value? So we got more of the thing, but the thing still maintains its value. It's never been done. And I would argue it's not going to be done with playoff spots. I just think that the emotion has crept into the conversation so much that many people, including people in my own social circle, and you know who you are, are ignoring the basic logic of market forces and whatnot. And what I'm trying to tell you is in the future, what what it means to make the playoff will not have near the value that it used to. And where does that impact things? It impacts the value it places on more regular season games. The thinking right now is, since we got more playoff spots, there'll be more regular season games with more on the line. There'll be more playoff games, there'll be more regular season games with playoff implications. I just don't think it's gonna have nearly the impact that it does right now. And in the aggregate, you're taking away the impact of the high value regular season games because the Ohio State Michigan game, for example, would be more for seeding. Like the, the Alabama, the Georgia, if they played late in the year, probably be more for seeding. So we're lessening the impact of those prime games featuring teams that probably have the highest likelihood of winning a title in the end of things. And we're, we're trying to manufacture emphasis on games featuring teams that we probably know and will come to learn to know are going to be out in round one or round two anyway. It's never been worth the trade-off to me, but you know what? I'm in the minority, so we'll see how it works out. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. What's worked out for us always has, always will. Literally texting them as we were about to go on the air. Our friends at Academy Sports and Outdoors making everything possible. We're able to go on the road because of Academy Sports and Outdoors. I'm able to buy these t-shirts because of Academy Sports and Outdoors. And you know what else? Academy.com's got your hookup if you cannot get there in person. I have it on good authority. It's January. But I have it on even better authority that following that is February and March, which means spring is around the corner, which means a lot of the little kiddos are about to be playing sports. A lot of you who are wiser are about to be outdoors more. Academy Sports and Outdoors is a store that literally has outdoor in the name, and it's where you need to be right before you head out for that recreational activity. I don't care if you need a basketball hoop or a tent or a, or a lawn chair, whatever the case may be. Big League Chew in the checkout line, they got you hooked up. They got you hooked up. Academy sports and outdoors and uh, looking forward to another exciting year with them all right i've got to take a sip from not a chalice but just a nondescript plastic bottle because we've got a question that i think many of you are anticipating you know my answer to but you don't because i'm going to swerve you from jacob I bet it breaks your heart that no SEC teams are in this championship game. I bet it breaks ESPN's heart that their ratings will be so low because of that. Well, I can't speak for ESPN uh, because I don't work there and they have not granted me permission to do so. Maybe they feel that way. I can speak for myself. I am not heartbroken by that. The rating on the TV, I couldn't care less about for a much more basic reason, doesn't impact me. Um, let me. Let me hit you with this, though. 
So there is a lot of SEC content on my show for a very simple reason. Those people watch the most college football. They consume the most college football content. I'd have to be an idiot to run a for-profit channel where I didn't talk a lot about the SEC. Now, if you want to get me into charity work, I, I don't care. I'll, I'll talk Mountain West all day and twice on Sunday if you want me to. So in, in a for-profit enterprise, yes, I'm going to talk about what the audience disproportionately wants me to lean towards. But having said that, Michigan's a really big fan base, and Michigan's a really good story. Washington's an excellent story, and it's a story within the story that I doubted them all year, and, and here we are. So that's been really fun. But there, were, there was some other sentiment that not Jacob said. I want to be very clear. Jacob just asked the question. I saw some other sentiment in my inbox. I've had a few people say this over the past few weeks. They've said a national championship game without the SEC in it is illegitimate. And I have no clue what that means. <laughs> no clue whatsoever what that means. I watched Bama and Georgia play in Atlanta. Full disclosure, I thought the winner of that game was going to win it all. I was wrong. Bama beat Georgia. Bama gets a shot at Michigan. It's not like they were banged up. They got three weeks to get healthy. Michigan beat them. That's the best the SEC had to offer this year. Guys, I'll drink the SEC Kool-Aid right along with you. It's been the premier conference in this sport for two decades. Uh, it is where a majority of our viewer base and listenership is. But the SEC has no business in this national championship game. Like, who could, what serious person could suggest an alternative? And what serious person, when you've seen Michigan take down the SEC's best, when you watch Washington take down a program that's headed to the SEC next year in Texas, what serious person could look at this matchup and say, that's eh, not legitimate? Now, in fairness, a lot of the people who said it to me said it with an animated picture instead of their actual face for their profile shot so maybe they were just trying to stir the pot but i think it's a serious thing that there is some sentiment out there that if you don't have the sec involved in anything related to crowning a college football champ it's just it's not legitimate well yeah it is legitimate now if we had the alternative scenario happen let's say on selection sunday let's say fsu got put in I'm not going, I'm not opening that can of worms, but let's say FSU got put in and Bama was out and there wasn't an SEC team in the playoff. Then you'd have some validity. Then if you wanted to say, well, if the SEC's champ would have been in there, it would have been a much different story because I couldn't prove you wrong. So I, I, I may have even felt the way you felt, but at the very least, I couldn't have proven you wrong. So I would have had to at least go with it. Guys, Bama was in. Bama was in. I watched the game right there on the sideline at the Rose Bowl. They didn't win. Uh, that's the way it works. Like, this is competitive sports, right? It's not a beauty contest. That's the way it works. So is the SEC in this thing? No. Do they belong at this point? No. Maybe next year's a different story. Now, as for the future, and I'm just, if you're joining us in the midst of this stream, I'm just kind of addressing some of the overarching talking points that we've seen. It's, it's not a typical show. You know, we're not going an hour and a half tonight, but... I did want to hit some of this uh, because we've already done the prediction on the game. So if you've missed that, it's on the channel. Uh, you can look it up right now. Don't know how to feel about how strong my confidence level is, but it's on the channel. Okay, so there is a lot of talk behind the scenes right now about auto bids and about the future of the college football playoff, right? We don't know, you know what the format's going to be, period, two years from now. And we don't even know what the contract is for next year because it hasn't been bid out. But that's that's for business people to decide. As far as what you and I need to worry about, it's there's a 12-team format starting this upcoming season, and it looks like they're going to go to that 5-7 format, which is five auto bids 
for like conference champs and highest rated conference champs and then you've got seven and the reason I'm really hazy on it is because the details keep changing and so a couple of you were asking me what I thought about auto bids in that format well I hate it I think auto bids are the dumbest thing in the world I don't even think the SEC should have an auto bid I don't think the Big Ten should have an auto bid and they're going to be by 10 miles the two most powerful conferences in this sport for at least the next few years it has been my belief and will continue to be my belief even more so with a 12-team field, guys, that if you're one of the best teams in the country, I don't need to give you an auto bid. If you're one of the best in the country, you're going to be ranked well inside the top 12. What I think's a joke is, is people who just say, well, the G5's got to have a spot. Because I'll ask you this. When's the last time you saw a truly deserving G5 team at the end of the season that wasn't ranked in the top 12? Like, here, here's what is much more likely. What's much more likely is... Like Oklahoma is sitting right there on the precipice. Old, old Miss from this year's sitting right there on the precipice. And there's like a, a two-lane team or someone like that that's got one or two losses. And they're the highest-ranked G5 champ, but they're like 18th. And because we have to have a G5, because they get an auto bid to the playoff, they get in over an Oklahoma team that we know good and well would be favored against them. Whether they beat them or not, it's irrelevant. Oklahoma would be more deserving. We're going to have that happen. And that's a microcosm of the flawed logic behind auto bids. And the bigger your field gets, the dumber and dumber auto bids become. So I think it's going to be a point of contention. Now, here's why I am hopeful that I may get my way on this, at least to a large enough extent. I don't think the SEC or the Big Ten are ever going to sign off on a future format that has that many auto bid spots. Because they shouldn't. They shouldn't. In this case... Their selfish attitude, I think, is the right attitude to have. I hope they don't sign off on it. And, look, it wouldn't bother me if the entire thing folded in on itself like a house of cards and we went back to, like, the BCS era. You know I wouldn't mind that at all, although most of you would. So let's just say we keep the 12-team format. Just put the highest-ranked 12 in there and be done with it. And if you want to come up with your way to decide who gets home field advantage, that's fine. But, dude, the auto-bid stuff, I can't stand it. And we talk about it all the time. And it's being talked about right now. Um, 2026, not 24, not 25, 2026 and beyond, that's when the format is, is total blank slate. And I think that format will probably lean far less heavy into auto-bid inclusion for anyone, much less a G5 auto spot, than we have right now. At least that's what I have my fingers crossed for. Must be 21 or over and present in select states. FanDuel is offering online sports wagering in Kansas under an agreement with Kansas Star Casino, LLC. First online real money wager only, $10 first deposit required. Bonus issued as non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire seven days after receipt. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER or visit FanDuel.com backslash RG in Colorado, Iowa, Kentucky, Michigan, New Jersey, Ohio, Pennsylvania, Illinois, Tennessee, and Virginia. Call 1-800-NEXT-STEP or text NEXT STEP to 53342 in Arizona. 1-888-789-7777 or visit ccpg.org backslash chat in Connecticut. 1-800-9-WITH-IT in Indiana. 1-800-522-4700 or visit ksgamblinghelp.com in Kansas. 1-877-770-STOP in Louisiana. Visit mdgamblinghelp.org in Maryland. Visit 1-800-GAMBLER.NET in West Virginia 
or call 1-800-522-4700 in Wyoming. Hope is here. Visit gamblinghelplinema.org or call 800-327-5050 for 24-7 support in Massachusetts or call 1-877-8HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY in New York. All right, one more thing I wanted to hit you with. So Jared talked about being mad at the portal, and Jared could speak for many of you right now, being mad at the transfer portal. You're mad that your players are leaving. You're mad that every December or January, it looks like half the sport ups and decides it wants to move elsewhere. we got thousands of kids in the portal now, and it's crazy. Some of them don't ever find a new home, and it turns out it was a bad decision for them. But, hey, it's it's their free right to make the decision if they want to. And in other news, some of you don't really care about that as much as you just care about the continuity of the sport. I do, too. I do, too. I would be lying to you if I said I love the current structure of this. Here's the difference. This is what I think we have to be really careful with. Jared, you didn't do this, but I've seen several people do this. Getting mad at the players for taking advantage of the system as it currently exists. The system sucks. The system's broken, hopefully not irreparably, but the system is broken. But the thing about it is a sophomore at the University of Missouri has no control over that. A sophomore at the University of Missouri just knows, hey, someone else just reached out and tampered with me, true enough, but no one's going to punish them, so who cares? And they just offered me, um, let's see, that looks like $175,000 per semester to go play outside linebacker for them. I don't know if I'm ever going to play in the NFL. I don't know if I'll ever hold a job that has that kind of salary attached to it. Am I really going to say no because fans are going to get mad at it? No, you would never think like that. Jared or anyone else, you guys would never think like that. I mean, it's very important if you're 42 years old, 52 years old, or even 32 years old. Like, put yourself in the position you were in, uh, your, your first, second, third year in college. If someone just offered you mid-six figures to do what you do somewhere else, you wouldn't think twice about it. Nor should they. It's not their fault the system sucks. Uh, now, the question, of course, is not, does it suck? Yes, it's terrible. Hardly anyone likes it. Some of the players don't even like it, even though they're taking advantage of it right now. I will tell you this, Jared, and we can have more time to talk about this after the season winds down. I think we're in a window right now. Okay, the window is prior to a few years ago, what's happening now could never have happened, and you never even would have envisioned it. Uh, it so much so that some people didn't budge on evolving the structure of the sport a little bit so that a lot didn't get out of control. But nevertheless, 10 years ago, you never could have envisioned this kind of chaos. I think 10 years from now, well before 10 years from now, you will look back on this chaos and say, I can't believe that's the way it was for a little while. But that is the way it was. Remember in 2020, how everyone's lifestyle got turned upside down? Well, you look back on that now, and you look back on a lot of it and say, I cannot believe we actually did that. I can't believe we actually had to do that. I am not equating the transfer portal necessarily to infectious disease protocol, but I am saying in a similar vein, you may very well end up looking back on this period, 2022, 23, 24, in the year 2028, and saying, I can't believe we had to accept that for a little while. I'm so glad we got it figured out. Now, I am very, very short on specific details as we sit here in early 2024 of when the fix is going to come. Whomst amongst us has the power to fix it? The answer is no one. It takes a collective. But I do feel that change is imminent. Talked to you about that the other night. I do feel change is imminent. It is on the horizon. It has to happen. Uh, this, is, this is one of those, put them in a room, too big to fail, lock the doors, don't come out until you got an answer for us. And I think that the leaders at the college football table 
are going to figure that out. And we're going to have a lot more structure. And, and some of it you may not like. I think a lot of it you will like. And I think we'll be all the better for it. National Championship game is Monday night. We're here for it. We've been on the road all season. I really appreciate you guys making this possible. I just wanted to hit some of these um, sort of extended talking points. It's stuff I couldn't fit in the show the other night. But I really, really appreciate you guys. Make sure you're subscribed to the YouTube channel. Make sure you're subscribed to the podcast. We do this free. We do this year-round. We don't go anywhere once the season is over. Uh, because you have, you have made it possible through your traffic, through your eyeballs and ears, to justify to management that we can do this all year long. Yeah, so we appreciate it. It's free. All I ask you to do is subscribe. In the meantime, for everyone back in Nashville, for everyone here in Houston, I'm Josh Pate. Take care. Enjoy the National Championship game. We'll be there with full reaction Tuesday. Until then, God bless. Must be 21 or over and present in select states. FanDuel is offering online sports wagering in Kansas under an agreement with Kansas Star Casino, LLC. First online real money wager only, $10 first deposit required. Bonus issued as non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire seven days after receipt. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER or visit FanDuel.com backslash RG in Colorado, Iowa, Kentucky, Michigan, New Jersey, Ohio, Pennsylvania, Illinois, Tennessee, and Virginia. Call 1-800-NEXT-STEP or text NEXT STEP to 53342 in Arizona, 1-888-789-7777 or visit ccpg.org backslash chat in Connecticut, 1-800-9-WITH-IT in Indiana, 1-800-522-4700 or visit ksgamblinghelp.com in Kansas, 1-877-770-STOP in Louisiana, visit mdgamblinghelp.org in Maryland. Visit 1-800-GAMBLER.NET in West Virginia or call 1-800-522-4700 in Wyoming. Hope is here. Visit GamblingHelplineMA.org or call 800-327-5050 for 24-7 support in Massachusetts or call 1-877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY in New York.